Welcome to the Power Podcast. Have you noticed how our world runs on power? We need power to light our houses, work our appliances, drive our cars. When you feel blocked, stuck, or confused about how to move forward in life, what you need is power. Power to see clarity amid confusion. Power to focus through distraction. Power to break through barriers and power to quit spinning your tires in the ruts of old habits. I'm your host, Malia Warner, and our 2020 theme is Power Perspective. These episodes are designed to empower you in creating your best life by seeing things in a new way. Today is episode 89, Keep It Light, Three Ways to Lighten Your Mental Load. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's episode. Is anyone else out there just feeling really heavy? Life and stuff just feels heavy right now. The other morning I woke up, I was doing my PJs, my prayer journals and scripture, and I started planning and I just started writing things out. And in short time, I was overwhelmed and everything that I had to do or that I should do just felt so heavy. And I was thinking, I need light. I need to feel light. And it got me thinking about this beautiful word light and the different connotations of light. Light is illumination. It brings clarity. Light can also mean the opposite of heavy. It's meaning having a small amount of things. And light can also mean funny and cheerful. And so those are the three aspects of light we are going to talk about today. And the goal of this episode is to infuse you with light. Amid so much heaviness that is going on right now, we all need some light. And especially after the last couple of episodes, those were heavy topics, political, controversial, come with a lot of baggage. And they weren't particularly fun episodes to produce. They, I know they probably weren't particularly fun episodes to listen to. And for those of you that did brave the waters and listen to episode 87 and 88, good for you. And those of you that didn't, totally fine to pick and choose the episodes that are right for you. I am practicing having hard conversations in my life. I absolutely believe that our ability to move forward, to progress, depends on our ability to have the hard conversations, hard conversations with ourselves, hard conversation with our partners, with our family, with our neighbors, and just as a world, the resolution of conflict actually increases connection and intimacy and moves us forward. So I hope that we can all be brave in having the hard conversations when we need to. Having said that, we've had a couple of weeks of hard conversations, and today we are ready for some light. So let's talk about three meanings of light, and I want to give you three simple ways that when you turn off this episode today, you can simply, easily access more light in your life right now. Way number one, I'm going to call flip on your light switch. This is accessing light, as in sunlight, as in brightness, as in illumination, to get you out of darkness. Over the summer at my Big Fat Family reunion, we toured the Minnetonka Cave in southeastern Idaho. 
Isn't that an awesome name? I live in the heart of the American West. And so there are all these places around with Native American names. I live really close to the Timpanogos Cave, and I've toured that a couple of times, but I'd never heard of or had been to the Minnetonka Cave. And it is impressive. And of course, we were social distanced, so we went in small groups. We all had our masks. And hiking up and down the stairs of a deep, cave with a mask on, that can really get you hyperventilating. So we were oxygen deprived. We hit the deepest part of the cave. And of course, that's the point where the tour guide turns off all the electricity and plummets us into that kind of complete darkness that you can only get when you are deep in the earth. It's the darkness that feels like a cloak, like a blanket of heaviness over you. And none of us moved because it's dangerous to move around when you can't see where you're going. And so for those few seconds, which actually felt like they went on and on while we were plunged in darkness, we were paralyzed. We were frozen. We were holding our breath. We didn't want to move. We couldn't go forward. We couldn't go backward. And you can see where the metaphor is going here. There are times in our life when we feel paralyzed by darkness because we are unable to see, it is dangerous to move. And we're holding our breath just frozen in place. And the way our tour guide got us out of the situation is by flipping back on that light switch and the electric lights came on. And then we were able to ooh and ah. And she did some cool light shows with the luminescent minerals in the rocks. And we were able to continue the tour of our cave with some illumination. So think about what for you is your light switch. What helps the lights go on for you? Is it prayer? Is it turning on some inspirational music? Is it just actually physically taking a walk out to the mailbox or out around the neighborhood where you can be physically bathed in sunlight for a moment. I love when I can to go sit on my sunny front porch, or sometimes when I can't be outside, I find myself just sliding my kitchen table all the way towards the kitchen windows because I just feel more lit up. My creativity flows better. I work more effectively when I have more sunlight pouring in on me. I'm like a plant that grows toward the light. And plants rely on sunlight for growth. Photosynthesis is a plant's process of turning the energy of the sun into organic matter. Plants use sunlight to convert CO2 into sugar and oxygen. To live, we need sugar, right? We need our our sugar rush, our healthy sugars, and oxygen. And so when we need that, we can tune into our source of light. Sunlight helps boost our brain chemical serotonin. And what's interesting about serotonin is that it simultaneously gives us more energy and also calms us down. So when we feel like we need a boost of energy, but we also need focus and positivity, Tapping into some sunlight to boost our serotonin levels is very effective. 
Doctors treat seasonal affective disorders and other types of depression linked to low levels of serotonin with natural or artificial light. So it's a good reminder for us when we physically get feeling heavy and dark to not underestimate the power of walking into light, just making a change, just moving ourselves physically toward the light. It's good to remind ourselves that we don't have to be stuck in yucky feelings. Our feelings don't happen to us. Our feelings are created within ourselves. And so the minute that we start to notice that heaviness come, we can choose to change it around. And a lot of times the best way to change is to get up and physically do something to flip on our light switch. Another way to flip on a light switch is to offer a powerful yet simple prayer. Help me find light. Help me to see light in this situation. So number one, know what your light switch is. Know what it is in your life that helps you to feel more light and go for it. Go right ahead and flip on that light switch. Number two, lighten your mental load. So the other day when I was planning and everything just became overwhelming and started to feel really heavy, this happens to me frequently. It is something I am really consciously working on to lighten my mental load. Is it interesting how quickly the things we love to do can become the things we have to do? And as soon as we have to do them, they lose their fun and passion. This happens to me when I start thinking, okay, now I have a book, the book is finished, now I need to market the book. And I just get overwhelmed thinking about all of the things that I need to do to market and I need to learn social media and I'm trying to figure out Instagram and I haven't even delved into Pinterest or Twitter. And all of a sudden it becomes this obligatory stuff that I have to do and I should be doing more of it and I'm not doing it good enough. And wham, bam, all of a sudden, this writing gig that I've wanted for so long isn't fun anymore. And this is when I have to pull out one of my handy dandy power perspective tools, because that's what this podcast is all about, right? Is to give us power perspective tools to get us unstuck and out from the muck and to be able to move forward. And so I want to share three little sub principles under this principle of lighten your load that help me to lighten my mental load. So overall, I think of this metaphor. My great, great grandparents moved and settled the West in hand carts and in covered wagons. And in order to make the journey, they had to literally lighten their load. If their wagons broke down, if storms came and the mud became too thick, they had to choose what to dump out of their wagons or out of their hand carts in order to lighten their load so that they could physically make the journey. They had to consciously decide what items wouldn't be worth the weight to pull. Sometimes I think about my head like a handcart, and I have to think, is the bulk of this worry worth pulling its weight? Is it a useful tool 
Is this a useful thought that will help me in my journey forward? Or is it dead weight holding me back and draining my energy? For me right now, a lot of the heavy draining thoughts have to do when I start thinking about the elections going on. And there are times when I like to read the news and I like to be informed. But if those thoughts are trying to get into the handcart of my brain, when I am trying to get something else done for my family or getting something done for my book, then it's not good weight to carry at that moment. Also, a lot of my heavy thoughts have to do with the people in my life, which it's good to think about my people and my relationships, right? But when my brain starts trying to think about all my people all at one time and trying to solve for every relationship in the same load, then that weight breaks down the handcart and I can't move forward at all. I can't even take one step forward. So then I'm useless to anyone. So the good news about our handcart of thoughts is that we don't have to carry everything in our head handcart all at once. Sometimes I can set things aside for this moment and then come back for it later. And I can lighten my mental load for right now. And I wanna give you three real techniques, real things that I do that help to lighten that mental load. One of my most effective ones, because I always have some kind of a notebook or some kind of pen and paper around is just write and rip or write and burn. This is a brain dump. Just get a scratch piece of paper and just write out everything that feels so big in my head. I will write out a page of worries. I get out the emotions. There is power that comes from being able to name what is bothering me because most of the time there's something up there in the hand car of my head that is heavy, but I don't know what it is. And I have to get in there and I have to like go through all the stuff and clean it out and then go, oh my goodness, why am I carrying this 50 pound bag of bricks in my handcart? I don't need this, dump it out. But it's not until I go looking for it and can see it and label it that I know what it is. Some fun episodes to go back and listen to that relate to this, especially if you're new to this podcast and if you've missed these, episodes number 13 and 14 are about the power of naming And it retells the story of Rumpelstiltskin and how he had power over the maiden until she was able to name him. And once she was able to name him, then his power over her was broken. So if you want after this one to go back and listen to episode 13 and 14, there is a power in labeling. There is a power in naming. There is a power in getting the confusion out of our head onto paper. And so a lot of times just writing it out feels incredibly therapeutic. So sometimes I can just leave it at that, just write it out, leave it at that. Sometimes if there's just a lot of negative there, I can take that paper and just rip it up. And the more I rip it, the better it feels because it's stuff I don't need to worry about right now. It's stuff not in my control. It's just dead weight in the head hand cart. So rip it up, get rid of it, throw it in the trash, flush it down the toilet. If it's really, really heavy stuff and I really need to get it completely gone, taking that paper and burning it 
is amazing. Do it in a safe place, burn it in your sink, somewhere close to water. There is a healing power in fire. It's why we like to have campfire meetings and it's good to take our families and sit around a fire pit because fire can take a lot of the negative emotions out of us and just send it to the sky. So sometimes that's a really helpful thing is to to physically burn that paper. Other times when it's just kind of a big, heavy mental to-do list and I just feel like I have so many things that I have to do or should do, just writing them all down and getting them out on paper and then I can go back and I just circle one. Or often in a day I can handle three, but something about the act of just circling one and just knowing this is the one most essential thing that I need to do today. And when I finish that one thing, my day will have been a success. It's the opposite of a to-do list. For me, when a to-do list gets feeling overwhelming, then what I need is a to-not-do list. It's easy to get caught up in that mode where we run around during the day doing all of those gajillion little things that make us tired and stressed and worn out that don't really matter as much as that one best thing. It reminds me of this scripture with Jesus and Mary and Martha in the New Testament where Jesus says, one thing is needful. So I hope that's a helpful way to think about it. In your mental hand cart today, what is the one thing? What is the one thing that you really need to carry? Let everything else just sit by the side of the trail. Today you can go back for it later. Okay, the third and the last helpful thing for lightening the mental load is to lower the stakes. Often we set the stakes so high over things that really aren't going to matter as much as we think they will. Our brain has a tendency to really over-exaggerate the importance of things in our life. A fantastic example of this was shared on Facebook this past week by Kim, who did the developmental editing for Liza the Magpie. And she was talking about, in college, she decided to major in clinical lab science. And she got into her major and she said, I was in way over my head. And at one point I prayed and told God, this is not healthy for me. I've lost weight. I've lost friends. I've lost dates. I think I should quit. And she said, God's answer surprised me. The answer was, you don't have to win, but you will be very glad if you finish. She said, it was an absolute revelation to me that I didn't have to win. I didn't have to get perfect grades. I will finish, I told God with relief. It might not be perfect, but it will be done. And then she went on to say, that imperfect degree filled with C's, insecurities, and small miracles is one of my greatest blessings. And I agree, isn't it so cool? She has a degree in clinical lab sciences and she's working as a book editor now. And you would think, well, how does that relate? But when she was editing Lies of the Magpie, she was really able to understand and advise on the science in the book, the brain chemistry and the neurology in there. 
And we had an experience like this in our family at the beginning of this school year. One of my sons was really overwhelmed as he came home from classes. He had signed up for a stage crew class, which he loved. He loved doing stage crew last year. He loves the behind the scenes. He loves building the sets. He loves the lighting. When we go to a production together or when, like when we watched Hamilton together as a family, he could point out all of the effects and emotions created by the lighting and the set and the things that I never consciously pay attention to. And he really has a knack for that. But he came home in the first week of classes in tears because he really felt like he had to drop stage crew. And he was especially worried because there was going to be a design element, which was drawing out the costumes and drawing out the sets. And he doesn't feel like that's his forte, which he inherited that from me. I cannot draw a distinguishable stick figure. And he'd gotten the impression from the teacher that this design component of the class was really going to make or break his grade. And so he was feeling like if he couldn't get an A in the class and that that would ruin his goal to get a 4.0, that he should just drop the whole thing. And I found myself counseling with him and having this conversation about how much do grades really matter? And I laughed because I was thinking, oh my goodness, if my mom and dad could hear me having this conversation, or if my, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old self could hear me having this conversation, because if you've read Lies of the Magpie, you know, grades were a big deal for me, the resume, the perfect GPA, all of that. And Yet I could see with my own son the tragedy of giving up something that he loves and also the chance to try something that he isn't naturally good at but would definitely improve in just by, you know, experiencing the class. The tragedy of giving that up for a perfect report card, it the tragedy of that really, really struck me. And so we had this conversation about what would make him happier. Will he be happier that he's had the experience being in stage crew and learning all of the things that he was going to learn doing stage crew at a high school level, even if he ended up with a lower grade in the class versus if he left high school with a straight A report card but didn't have the experiences with the things that he loved. And it made me think about what could we learn and discover and accomplish if we didn't have to be perfect at it, if we could lower the stakes. It turned out that my son went and he was able to speak with the teacher and express his concerns. And he understood that the drawing component of the class was definitely, you know, do your best effort that you weren't going to be graded on your particular artistic ability. And so that helped to lower the stakes for him. That helped to relieve his concern. And he is loving stage crew. And he's designing the set for Diary of Anne Frank, which means he had to read the screenplay for that. So I'm glad that he's gaining this experience and learning. And sometimes what we need to dump out of our handcart is just the weight of carrying stakes that are too high. We need to remind our brains that this thing that I'm so worried about, this thing that I'm so stressed about, 
doesn't really pack the long-term weight that I think it does in this moment. And I can lower the stakes here and be a lot happier and actually be able to move forward. You know, sometimes in our lives with our families, we need to raise the bar and sometimes we need to lower the stakes. And I guess that wisdom is recognizing the difference. But a good indicator is when you are paralyzed from being able to move forward, when the weight of those stakes are holding you back from being able to complete your journey, then it's time to lower the stakes. So I hope that those are some helpful tools and tips and tricks to help you with number two, which is lightening your mental load. So far in the podcast, we've covered two ways to infuse our life with light. Number one, by flipping on our light switch and number two, by lightening our mental load. Number three is to find the funny to keep things light, to keep life lighthearted. Lately, my sense of humor has completely disappeared. I just feel like I have these grumpy goonies stuck to me. And even trying to come up with a funny metaphor or a funny quip for this section just completely escaped me. And I'm really sad about that because if we're going to stick with the handcart metaphor, with the covered wagon metaphor, I think that a sense of humor is the axle grease that keeps the wheels of life going smoothly. When things get heavy, if you can access a sense of humor, you just diffuse tension. In heated situations, the ability to access good humor is a gift. And I'm not talking about attacking humor, making fun of people. I'm talking about positive humor. Laughing releases stress in the body. Laughing together creates connection. It puts us on neutral, common ground. I am really grateful for comedians. I really admire their skill, and I think that they have such an important place in our world. Growing up, did anyone else read the Reader's Digest cover to cover? For some reason, that was the magazine always in our bathroom at home, and I loved the joke sections, especially the one laughter is the best medicine. And I do believe that. I do believe laughter is such good medicine. And so to finish off this episode today, I am going to put you in the hands of one of the best and let Jim Gaffigan lighten your day by keeping things funny. Now, I don't have permission to play this YouTube clip. I don't even know how to go about getting permission. I hope Jim Gaffigan is just happy that I've given him a little bit of publicity He's put out during coronavirus tons of hilarious stuff. Just YouTube, look him up, Jim Gaffigan, and have a great laugh. Before I turn you over to Jim, let's wrap up the three ways to lighten life right now by accessing three versions of light are one, flip on your light switch, access the sun, access brightness and clarity, trigger your serotonin levels, move yourself to the light. Number two, lighten your mental load. Dump the extraneous weight 
out of your head handcart and focus in on the one or two most essential things and just leave everything else sitting by the trail. And number three, find your funny. Either your own, go hang out with one of your funniest friends, socially distanced, of course, or like we're going to do right now, YouTube, a favorite comedian. I hope that just by listening to this episode that you're already feeling lighter, that you're reminded that you have the power to dump the heaviness. You have the power at any moment to access light in your life. And with that, I'm going to flip on the funny switch and welcome Jim Gaffigan. Thank you for coming out. Good to be here. This is what I look like. It's mostly my fault. Well, it's all my fault. I wish I had an excuse, you know? Like, I had to gain all this weight for a movie. There's no movie. If you saw me eat, you would think there were multiple movies. Are they doing a live action Shrek? This guy's gonna be perfect. Getting harder and harder to motivate to exercise. In your 20s, you're like, you know, I want to be with someone physically fit, so I'll be physically fit. And in your 30s, you're like, I want to fight off aging. And in your 40s, you're like, it's over. (laughs) And now I'm at the point where I look at morbidly obese people and I'm like, they seem happy. (laughs) That's one way to live a life. I used to exercise to lose weight. Now I exercise so I can continue to fit in cars. (laughs) Still a fitness goal. I've been in better shape in my life. I go in and out, you know, it's been a while. Not last year, but the year before my big accomplishment is I ran the New York City Marathon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Half of you are like, no, you didn't. I did, you bastards, all right? I ran and completed. All right, fine, I didn't. (laughs) But I thought about it. Which I guess is technically different than running it. Turns out I couldn't run the New York City Marathon because I didn't want to. (laughs) Which is the main reason I don't do a lot of things. I just rarely admit it. It's like, hey, Jim, why aren't you coming to my birthday party? I didn't want to. We never really reply to invitations that way. Don't want to (laughs) go. Completely available, just not interested. (laughs) Really wish I wasn't there, so I won't be. Recently, I was invited to a surprise birthday party. It was a surprise birthday party for a dog. (laughs) That's right, I have friends that are mentally ill. I went, it was in my apartment building, and I needed the material. (laughs) And to be fair, the dog was surprised. (laughs) Didn't suspect the thing. Dog didn't know it was his birthday. Dog didn't know it had a birthday. (laughs) The dog wasn't sure why people were in the apartment. It was the dog's third birthday, which in dog years, doesn't matter. Someone made that up, and we just went along with it. Oh, one year equals seven for doggies? Okay. When I see a dog, I'll do math. 
that's not fulfilling some dog need. You know, there's not a dog sitting in a bar right now going, I'm not three, I'm 21. <laughs> I can legally drink. <laughs> that's not how dogs keep track of time. If you have a dog, you know they don't keep track of time. You've left your home, forgotten something, walked back in, only to be greeted by your dog like you've just returned from war. They're back! It's a miracle! They're back after I don't know how long, because I'm a dog! These poor dogs! We just attach these points of view on these poor dogs. Like dog is man's best friend. How desperate are humans? We're best friends, right? Dog's like, well, aren't we different species? But we're best friends forever. You know, you locked me in the house all day with nothing but a bowl of water. You'd think you let your best friend sit on the couch. We're best friends. Now put on this fireman's outfit. We're gonna do a photo shoot for Instagram. You know, sometimes when you sleep, I think about eating your face. This is Malia Warner. Thanks for tuning in to the Power Podcast today. If you haven't yet, will you remember to go to iTunes and leave a review? And if you're looking for a great read right now that does have a lot of fun humor in it, check out my book, Lies of the Magpie, available on Amazon. As always, be safe, stay healthy. I'll meet you back here next week for another great episode of the Power Podcast. Bye-bye.